How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. And we've been talking a lot about some of the more Perloff controversial calls from the championship games yesterday. But who cares what you and I think? We have CBS Sports Rules analyst and officiating analyst Gene Sterator good enough to join us now. Okay, let's start at the end maybe and work backwards. I think, you know, fans are, you know, maybe they understand to the letter of the law of the Joseph Osai pushing Patrick Mahomes as he's running out of bounds. But there will be fans, Gene, who say at that moment in the game, that's a tough call because ultimately it decided the game. What do you say to that? Well, I think you have to say it just the other way, Maggie, right? Like, what if that's not called? Mm. And then what do the Chiefs fans say? Look, uh, this wasn't one of those. And we've all seen kind of the tiptoeing on the sideline, right? And then right as the player's foot touches out of bounds, he gets contacted and there's a flag. And we're like, boy, that's really technical. Yes, but his foot's on the white on this play, you know, Patrick Mahomes really was uh, two or three steps in the white when the contact occurred. So as much as, you know, as an ex-official, you hate to hear, like, we don't want to hear the officials decide the outcome, right? Um, Not making a call there is deciding the outcome as well. So when fouls like that present themselves, you have to do what you've been paid in, uh, you know, practice doing, and you've got to make that call. And and that's the right call at that moment. Gene Steratore is our guest. He's a CBS Sports officiating analyst and good enough to clear up some of the, you know, bigger calls from the NFC and AFC championship games were on the AFC. So let's go to the one that really had people scratching their heads. And this was the basically redo of a third and nine, a third down and nine early on in the fourth quarter. Now, Gene, we understand that the ball had to be respotted. That led to the clock having to be restarted. Now, my question is, why didn't the referee downfield who noticed the clock was moving when it shouldn't have, why didn't they make a bigger deal of trying to stop the play before it, not only the play continued, but then the Kansas City punt team even ran onto the field? Yeah, you know, I have to be honest. That was a little bit of a head scratcher to me too as well. I, I tweeted a little earlier during the contest that we had a false start early in the game. And I'm telling you that that stadium was so loud that rarely in my officiating experience in, in years where, was it a place where you just didn't hear the whistle. Now, I don't know if that official was blowing the whistle or not, uh, but it was really, really loud in that stadium last night. But but you're right in, in going back to say, where did the administrative part of that, uh, of that kind of, mis- you know, the mistake started to occur. And you're right. And and I'll give you just a little background, too. I didn't have enough time, naturally. You only get 10 to 15 seconds to try to clear up really something serious in a game like that. 
Um, when that ball was moved, the reason that ball was moved was because the football wasn't placed in the proper spot on the field as it relates to the half marks for the middle of the field. And then it was also off by like a third of a yard. Now, we all may think, listen, Gene, that's not that big of a deal if the football's two yards out, you know, wider on the field instead of in the middle of the field, it's at the right half mark or something like that. Uh, but it is. Uh, players, teams, they call plays based on where that football should be to start that next play. And now looking back, we see that that second down play was an incomplete path. When they brought the ball in for the third down, which happened two or three times uh, last night, the football wasn't in the proper spot as it related to where it was in a positioning on the field, which does affect, believe it or not, how a play is run and what they expect from that play. So now you have this administrative stoppage, right? This was where the breakdown really occurred from the officiating end on that area. So now we have to put the football exactly where it should have been so that this team gets a fair opportunity. Now you have changed one aspect of that play, and now you have a mental lapse thinking, you know, we move the ball, we move the ball, and now we're getting ready to chop the ball in for play, as we called it. And the referee wound the clock instead of just chopping the ball ready for play uh, to just start the play clock, but not the game clock. So you had a breakdown really from the beginning of it that then took place. Now it affected the timing aspect. And then as officials are seeing players come to the line of scrimmage, look, you're looking to see which which formation is out there because each official is is dedicated to certain players on the field based on formations. So they go through that piece of it. And then uh, evidently that deep official then looked up and realized, oh my goodness, this clock is running when that previous play was an incomplete pass where the clock shouldn't have run. So now he starts onto the field and inevitably the ball snapped. Now within that next three to four seconds, listen, I can tell you I've been in a lot of loud places and a lot of loud stadiums in my career. That was loud last night. So this play now is taking place and then uh, inevitably it ends. We have a grouping and we're all looking from where even I was. And then I'm sure everyone back home, like what happened here on third down? Why are they talking about the third down play? And then as we heard Ron Torbert start to explain, it wasn't the third down play. It was really the mistakes that were made because of the way the second down play ended. So uh, we had something that I've never experienced as an official, and that was basically a do-over. And I think I used that wording last night because I really didn't know how else to define that other than, you know, being on the playground and saying, hey, let's start over. We're going to do a do-over yeah. on the play. And uh, that's pretty much what they did. Hey, wait, Gene, sorry, on a scale of 1 to 10, all the breakdowns that you just described, on a scale of mm -hmm. 1 to 10, 10 being the most egregious, how egregious was that? kind of on all sides from all the referees and all the officials who were on the on the field last night? That's a great question, Maggie. Look, you, you know, one thing about this position, I'm not here just to try to defend the officials, right? I mean, I understand how hard this is, and, and it really is. I also understand how detailed uh, officials have to be, and, and I mean very detailed things that, uh, you know, we don't really talk about much in the fraternity, and they, and they don't talk about the games. Anytime you change uh, any little aspect of that. I can tell you once in my NFL career, I was in Seattle with Green Bay in week two uh, of a regular season game. And in the first series, uh, we misplaced where the ball should have been. It should have been on the left hash and we put it in the middle of the field. Aaron Rodgers came out, looked at the ball. He turned to look at me. 
I wasn't aware where my umpire had put the ball as it related to the previous down, and he called a timeout. That was with about 13 minutes left in the first quarter of a week two game. Mm. That's huge. It's huge. It's it's that big of a deal. And truly, any breakdowns at this level uh, that affect the administration of a football game where we as officials are incorrect in applying those administrative elements, they're gigantic. And they're, they are taken that way by the department, by each official. And, uh, and they're just not things that you can ever let happen. You just, they're those things that we've always prided ourselves in that we have to be that good with this level of detail on every single play, even though 99.9% of the country is completely unaware of those things. So it is a big deal. It's a very big deal to them. And naturally, as we saw it evolve, look, there were no points on it. Yes, there was a pass or a defensive hold that happened on the next play that gave them a new series of downs. But if you just think of it in that context, the complexity or the path of the game changed, whether there were points or not, because someone got a new series of downs on what was a good defensive holding call on now the third, third down play. And so you took more time off of the clock, right? The game changed from where it should have been from that point on uh, than, than what should have occurred had it been administrated properly. So it's that big. It, 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 they're big misses, right? Gene, a uh, couple more plays that Bengals fans are asking a lot about today. Do you think there was holding on the Chiefs on the play where Patrick Mahomes was hit laid out of bounds? Uh, on the scramble play that was the, that that created that then you know there was there was some restriction I saw on one of the interior linemen and forgive me for not knowing the numbers at that point but there was there were two players kind of offensive defense kind of locked in and engaged with each other uh without anybody really gaining an advantage initially right and in our terminology from what I used to use it was like yes yeah, he holding him a little yes but his hands are within inside the framework is the defense really working really hard to get away from that Maybe not a lot in the first part of that restriction. We used to call it, look, they're happy to be there, right? So, yeah, is there something there? Yes, but is it rising to the level? Didn't feel like it. As Patrick started to scramble to his right, though, it appeared to me that the defender then is trying to disengage from that kind of stock-blocking dance that they were happy to be with. And when he, when he attempted to disengage and pursue Patrick, then there was that restriction uh, that occurred for for that brief second or two. So technically, yes, at that point, then you have affected that play because you're restricting someone kind of outside the framework of their body. So those that go back and watch all of these plays, which which you know we know that we all do now, uh, they'll look at that one and say, yeah, right there, that's holding. So could, yes, there, there's there's uh, there's some validity in the complaint, uh, but did that kind of restriction take place a little bit? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. More or less, I'll bet we could find a handful of those too. Uh, that probably would be the case as well. One more, real quick: the Samaj P. Ryan uh, intentional grounding. You explained it very well last night, but I still think there's some fans who think that Samaj P. Ryan was in the area where Joe Burrow threw the ball into the ground. Uh, is that a judgment call on the officials of how close the receiver is, 
Uh, and did they? Do you still think they made the correct call? Yeah, it is a judgment call in in some regards. And, and look, when they run those little screen passes where the running back standing in the backfield right away, and the pressure comes immediately, and we see the quarterback just kind of ground it right at his feet, right? You pass on that. You know the quarterback's dumping the ball, and is there really a chance to catch it? Not really. He's just dumping it, but someone's in the area. And the P run play, he goes beyond the line of scrimmage. He's downfield for three yards or so beyond the line of scrimmage. He also really, when Joe Burrow is under that pressure and releases the ball to kind of throw it at his feet, he really hasn't spun around again. I think there's also a little question as whether the ball got back to the original line of scrimmage, right? So you're adding that element into uh, into intentional grounding where the ball has to get beyond the line of scrimmage, even though he's in the pocket. Um, so there were a few little elements there where if you're going to be very generous and not calling intentional grounding on the play, you can probably get to that place. Uh, but this wasn't one of those classic, the back is in the backfield, he blocks someone, he turns around and, and there's pressure and you spike it at his feet. Uh, to me, it felt different than that. And uh, in that regard, that's kind of why I supported that play last night. And I really do after looking at it a couple more times. But people will always be able to find some place somewhere and go, well, look, this guy's in, in less of an area than this play was, and they called it there too. So there's a level of judgment there. Uh, technically, though, to me, that felt like intentional grounding. Gene Steratore is joining us. He's CBS Sports officiating analyst. We could go to more plays in that game. You got the MVS uh, reaching for the first down. It got pulled back, and that got overturned on challenge. We have the uh, potential block in the back uh, on a Sky Moore punt return. But, Gene, we got to get to the other game, the NFC Championship game. Perloff's wearing his brotherly love hat. Don't let that influence you, Gene, as he's a diehard <laughs> Eagles fan. I know it wouldn't. But the big thing is the Devontae Smith catch early on in the game that leads to the Eagles touchdown. They go up 7 nothing. Now, clear, right, up, yeah. clear up something about NFL replay assist, right? This is something that's pretty new where officials have access to all of the cameras. They don't have to wait for Fox to show a replay. They have access right. to all of the cameras. Is that a place where replay assist should have jumped in before Kyle Shanahan even decides whether he wants to challenge? He obviously did not. It was costly. But is that a place where replay assist can stop the game and take a second look at the catch? Like, should we expect that now from replay assist? Uh, it, this is a great question. And I will tell you guys, uh, you know, I, I did see that part. From that kind of catch on, we were starting to get into our game. So I didn't get to see a lot of uh, the officiating decisions that were made after that play. But I did see that. This is a great question. And I would say it for this reason. The replay assist now has become this new phrase and new application to instant replay. And this year it's taken effect, right? Um, and I think it does create this now second level unintended consequence of higher technology, more camera angles. We can see a mistake or a ruling take place on a catch, no catch, not a penalty related play, but these types of plays now rather quickly. So when do we draw that line and how do we define it? When we were introduced to this process this year from the NFL, uh, from the seats that we're in now, the phraseology that they used to us was, look, within the one or two quick replays of a play, right, like a receiver's foot out of bounds, you, you get the first replay and you can see clearly this foot's out of bounds. 
okay, when we see something that's that quick, we can come down and fix that play because after one replay, maybe two in this little short window of the world we live in between plays, we saw the mistake occur. This stops a team from challenging because we also know if that play was easily missed like that and a coach does challenge and we know we'll be successful, you still have to be two for two as a coach to get that third challenge. So even though I use this challenge, which was a pretty easy layup challenge to win, I know that the next challenge, which may be something like the first down we saw in the Kansas City game, I've got to challenge that too. And if I miss that one, now I'm out of challenges for the game. So the NFL decided that they're going to do this expedited review to fix that front-ended play that I mentioned that's just so egregiously missed early that we don't have to put the team through that process of the challenge, even though we know it would be successful. Now we get to this play, which is exactly as you as you prefaced it. And now it is okay on the third shot of this replay from another angle, because we probably have 40 cameras or so or more in these games. The third replay now shows that this ball hits the ground, right? Remember too now, teams have always done this when replay was implemented. If they think there's smoke or a close play, that the offense has benefited from that they did exactly what Philadelphia did yesterday, right? They're running to the line, even if it's 30 yards down the field. They do not substitute because the defense would be provided an opportunity to match a substitute by the offense, which would now delay the snap of the next play. And they now create this very tiny window for not just Cal Shanahan in this case to make the decision, but also for TV. And we now live in, I live in this TV world. So I know how sensitive it is for TV to maybe have two or three replays really quick, but guess what? We're not going to show the third replay because they're going to snap this football now, six seconds after this play just ended. So now the replays are limited between downs. The team is put into a box because they have to make a very quick decision really early in a game on a challenge or no challenge play. And that's what we saw yesterday. So I think as this continues to grow and the replay assist in the NFL's attempt to try to limit the challenges, especially on plays where we can get these angles with the enhanced technology that we all are enjoying as spectators, now another level of question is taking place. When is it a replay right. assist? When are we putting our teams into a challenge? And, and personally, early in this thought process, now that we see the magnitude of these, I think it's something that has to be revisited, right? Like the college game, when a team wants to challenge a play, they have to call a timeout. The timeout stops the game. Replay gets involved. If you miss that review, basically, because you called timeout to stop the game, you lost the timeout. Uh, that feels a little better to me than us throwing a red flag, stopping the game. A you know, you have three timeouts. That's what you get for the half. Uh, so maybe they change now the procedure on how we're going to do instant replay or initiate replays by the team and by technology. So I think there's more to be discussed about this. And, and like anything I've experienced in the 20, 25 years I've been around in the NFL, it takes plays like that to occur for us now to have this real serious discussion, just like we did with overtime last year, right? So I think there, there'll be more to follow on how they now implement the enhanced technology they have and, uh, and now how the replay review process takes place. Gene, last question for me. Uh, from the team standpoint, is are the Niners dependent on the TV broadcast for the different angles? 
of the play, or do they have access to other cameras somewhere upstairs in the building, or do they just have to wait for Fox to cut the right angle to make their decision? Yeah, they, they pretty much are held uh, to what television gives them and the speed that they give them. I, I think there were times when I, I, I wouldn't know this naturally, like when I was refereeing on the field, whether the jumbotron in the stadium had a different kind of a feed layout than how TV processed, you know, uh, the previous play or something of that nature. But for the most part, uh, those coaches that are up there or the individual they may have hired just to say, tell the coach, look, challenge or not challenge. Uh, most of that, to my knowledge, is is based on what the TV gives them. Now, the NFL is different. The NFL office has a Hawkeye system, which has all those cameras in in a uh, and and a lot of different aspects. Where a four block will show up on a screen and show four different angles that are running in sync with each other, based you know surrounding that play. So at times the NFL can get that four block kind of a piece together play from multiple angles and have that rather quickly, which we don't have the luxury when reviewing the games at home to see. But I would think for the most part, uh, you know, those coaches up there were held to uh, whatever television can get them and the, and the speed at which they can get it uh, to them. Gene, can't tell you how much we appreciate this on a day after we needed you yesterday and you delivered (laughs) in that Kansas City Bengals game. Gene Steratore is a CBS Sports officiating analyst. And again, can't tell you how much we appreciate you carving out some time for us today. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. And it was good talking with you. Great talking with you too, Gene. Thank you so much. All right. We're back with more Maggie and Perloff right after this CBS Sports update from Rich Ackerman. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.